How many of you ever played on some kind of sport team, you know, got on a team or something and, you know, and you have practice and coach comes in and you know it's going to be a bad day when you start right on time because we got a lot, lot to cover. Uh, how many of you ever been to a, a college uh, um, football practice? It is unbelievable the speed at which they move. Everything's timed. I mean, they go from everything is timed to the minute. And it, it, it really is something to, to see. But uh, we got a long way to go tonight. And uh, I hope you'll uh, bear with me. You know, I've never taught this lesson uh, since I've been teaching. I'm not sure I, I even know all about it, what I'm teaching. So I'm a, I'm a little nervous. So be patient with me. But uh, I know it's, it's needed. And, you know, when I used to coach, I was a coach, I uh, coached basketball, and uh, after I played, I decided I was going to coach. And I used to tell my players, I used to say, you know, bad shooters are always open. Did, yeah. And, you know, have you, ever, have you ever played on a team where the guy goes, throw me the ball, throw me, and you know he's wide open, but you know he's a bad shooter, all right? So you don't throw him the ball, do you? But how do bad shooters become good shooters a practice exactly right exactly right you know i you can look at me i physically was not a, a specimen and i'm less of a specimen today than i was when i played but i did learn how to shoot because i practice and tonight we're going to try to practice a little bit and do something that you're probably not very good at that most men are not good at but we have to continue to practice. And, you know, I got a question here for you. And as we go through the session, maybe, maybe you can just keep asking yourself this question. To what degree do you want things to be different? To what degree do you want things to be different? You know, sometimes we wait so long till something unbelievable happens before we change but we all know that there's some things that we'd like to be different I hope the Lord speaks to you tonight and part of coaching is change you know you're taught something but you can all if you're taught it and then you don't practice it you've just we just exchanged knowledge so this is something I've been practicing I told you my journey started a little bit over a year ago in October and uh, I hope tonight that you'll take away something uh, that you can practice. So let, let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for these men. Uh, Lord, they've been working all day, and some of them are tired. And Lord, uh, I just pray tonight they'll rest. And they'll open their hearts to what you have to say to them. And Lord, as we do a little coaching here tonight, I pray, God, that there's maybe a tip or a teaching point or something that we can take back to our place and practice. And I thank you, Lord. You're patient with us. You love us. You love each one of these guys. You know exactly where they are. Lord, you know exactly what they're going through tonight. You know exactly what they're thinking right at this point. Your word says you know what we're going to say before it comes out as it's on our tongue, you know, you know us, Lord. 
So, Lord, I pray that we'll just listen to you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a lot of questions. And I, hey, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Well, tonight we're going to talk about the rhythm of solitude and sacred silence. You can say, wow, man, what is that about? What are we going to do? Uh, and how are we going to talk about that? You know, this is a subject that a lot of us are not familiar with. And we don't really even talk about it or teach it very much either. And uh, But I want to re- re- remind you what the Bible exhorts us to. This next slide tells you what the Bible exhorts us to do. To be still, to listen, to set your mind, to wait patiently for Him. You know... We read in the Bible, it says meditate day and night. You know, we read scriptures that say my soul waits in silence. The, the word says my sheep hear my voice. Let this mind be in you. You know, I, I went and I looked up some scriptures and I just want to write. There, there are so many scriptures on these things about being still and listening and setting your mind. I just want to read you a few just just so you know that the Bible, and I'm, I've got it on my phone, but the Bible constantly speaks about these things. I was just amazed at all the verses. Uh, I know one thing that I read that there's over 1,500 times the Bible says, listen. You know, if you know the history of the Bible and you know the Old Testament, and the New, you know, we're not very good listeners, are we? And so we're exhorted to listen. Listen what it says, Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Exodus 14:14. 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Psalm 37:7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Psalm uh, 62.5, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. Job 6.24, teach me and I will be silent and make me understand how I have gone astray. Man, that's a great verse. Teach me and I will be silent. Psalm 131, uh, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child, is my soul within me. Listen to these. these. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things. I mean, these are verses that you, you've heard. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. Colossians 3, uh, uh, 1 and 2. Uh, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the earth. Uh, Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on, the, on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds in the Spirit. Man, there's just lamentations. Listen to this. The Lord is good to those who wait, to the soul who seeks. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. You know, there's something about waiting. If somebody here, maybe tonight, you've been waiting. But it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. 
Wait for the Lord. Habakkuk 2, 3. For the, still the vision awaits it, its appointed time. It's hastened to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And then Isaiah 40, 31, which we've all heard. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. I love Psalm 37, 7. Be still. Be still. We're going to talk about that. How, do you, how are you to be still? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way or the evil devices. The next slide is, is this. And we're going to do a little table talk here. If God is that serious about that, about those subjects, I've got a lot of questions up here. What does it, and I'm, we're going to talk about it at your table. I gave you more than you can talk about, but I wanted to give you a chance to kind of pick and choose. Have you, how many of you like variety? Don't you like variety? Don't you like pick and choose and have, you know, instead of just one question? Listen to these questions. What jumps out at you? What does it mean to, be, to set our minds on things above? To wait patiently for him. To listen for him. To be silent. What does that mean? To meditate on his word day and night. How does being still relate to knowing that he is God? What is meditation? Why do we do it? How can we do it? Here's a great question. Why have evangelicals, which that would be us, ignored it for so long? What are, what are some actually afraid of? All right, I'm going to turn it back to your table. I want you to just pick one of those, kind of go around. Now, just let, let me remind you, there's, I usually say this when the women are in a room, there's kind of two, two types of people. There's a babbling brook, okay? This is not time to be a babbling brook. We're brief, we're bright, and we move on and let everybody get a chance to talk, okay? All right, so, all right, go, and I'll come back. Who said something good? I'm looking for wisdom. I'm looking for... Who said something that was bright? They pointed at you, Phil. <laughs> you want to say what it is or you want... Yeah, well, guy walks into the gym. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we were talking why we would be afraid to be silent. And I think really it's because the only thing that's working at that point is our mind. And uh, you have to be careful what's in our mind. Okay. Very good. Tim? Kevin? Come on, man. Share. Got a Florida State. I just want to. My wife. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, my son coaches at Florida State. Okay. He's an offensive analyst there. So. Okay. Ooh. So there's two of them that are the same. That's right. So there's two fans. I'm a fan because he's well, my I'm son, fan, and you're because your wife. Yeah, so she went to school there, so I got to We're not that good, but we're getting there. Go ahead. Yeah. So you have to be silent to listen. So there's two that are combined. Good. You have to be silent to listen. I like that. How to preach. 
Who else? Anybody else? Want to volunteer? You heard something? Larry. Yeah, I want you to, yeah. If we're to be obsessed with Jesus, he should have a, a there, our thought life should be occupied with him when we're not talking, not engaging. Uh, if we're truly obsessed with Jesus, that quiet time is the time to let you meditate on uh, who the Lord is and uh Talk to him, pray to him uh, during those quiet times. All right. And Larry, a couple of weeks ago, lost his dad. How many of you have lost your dad? Yep. So we know it's like joining a bad fraternity. You know, nobody wants to be in that fraternity, but when you lose your dad, uh, we know how that feels, so let's pray for him. Lord, I thank you that uh, there's a lot of men in this room that understand and have stood at the grave and have lost our dad. And Lord, that, uh, that is a journey of grief. And Lord, we're thankful that we still have memories of them and a lot of those we know are in heaven, so Lord, we thank you for that, the hope of heaven. And uh, Lord, as we seek to listen to you as our heavenly Father tonight, I pray again that you might speak in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's talk a little bit about sacred silence, what it is and what it isn't. Now, isolation is putting yourself in a cage, all right? Solitude is putting your distractions in a cage. Phil said that, you know, we have to be real careful because what's in your mind. We taught a couple of weeks ago about the jumping monkeys. It's just amazing what jumps in your mind, right? And it takes a real discipline uh, to think. But what are some values of sacred silence? What are the benefits of sacred silence? And, and what are the challenges of sacred silence you know guys when we are educated way beyond our obedience we, we got knowledge right we are very educated way beyond our obedience and you know sometimes uh in life we we make uh, woe is me our fight song uh you know we get on our little pity parties don't we everybody does okay i'm i'm there uh, you know, and what we put in our minds, and sometimes it's woe is me, you know, nobody knows, nobody understands, and uh, we see that at times. But let's just talk about some of the values, and uh, throughout God's Word, we discover that silence is a demonstration of our steadied faith. It's an obedience to God's exhortation and a resolved trust in our Redeemer to move, act, and deliver. When you think of being still, meditation and contemplation, silence, listening, what are some of the feelings that you have? What are some of those feelings when you think about all that? It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Pushes you a little bit out of your box. You know, we live in a noisy, noisy world. And there's a lot of noise going on. 
Where did you learn how to be silent? These, these questions here really got me. It says, when did you learn how? Where did you learn how? Who taught you? Anybody teach you how to be silent? I got to think, I don't really, you know, I can tell my dad, I can hear my dad saying, shut up. I don't know if that's the same thing. Uh, but, you know, as I thought about that, I thought, you know, one of the places that I learned to be silent, I grew up hunting and fishing and in the outdoors. And, you know, when you're sitting on a deer stand and they're making a drive, there's not a whole lot to do. You sit there, you're silent. That's one, I think that's one of the reasons I love to hunt is that's where I learned how to be silent. Nothing going on. You couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> you had to just listen. But as I grew older, one of the things that I noticed was what my dad heard. He started to tell me, did you hear that bird? I said, what bird? You know, and he would point out things that he heard or that he saw that never came into my mind. And now I see those things when I go hunting, when I go hunting, I start, I see things and I just feel close, even though my dad's been gone 20 years. I, I don't know. I just, there's something, you know, creation is full and it speaks to you. That's one of the reasons, but I think that's where I started to learn what silence says. The Bible says that we're supposed to do it, but how often do you actually do it? like even on a semi-regular basis? That's a good question for you. Is there silence and solitude in your life? Is there meditation? Uh, you know, how much of that is a part of your life? So let's go to the, uh, some of the benefits of silence. This was real interesting. Lowers your blood pressure, which can help prevent heart attacks. Boosts the body's immune uh, system. Benefits brain chemistry by growing new cells. Decrease stress by lowering blood uh, cholesterol levels and adrenaline. Promote good hormone regulation and interaction of bodily hormones-related systems. Noise has been linked to, to a lower level of learning. Facilitates concentration, meditation, and personal reflection. Enhances sleep and lessons. And insomnia increases mindfulness, courage, peace of mind, facilitates listening to and hearing the voice of God. You know, I, I thought it was real interesting that uh, just this week uh, this came out. I, I don't. I, I follow a guy named Kerry Newhoff, who is a kind of a, a coach. He's a pastor, but he he really puts out some great stuff and. If you don't follow him, I, I would encourage you to do it. He has some great podcasts. But he, he, he sent out an article this week, and it was amazing. It was on how noisy our world is. And some of the points he made is noise limits our ability to think. We have a wealth, a wealth of information creates, creates a poverty of attention. He says noise limits our ability to be creative. Uh, and he goes on to make comments about that. We'll get to this point that I, he said, uh, you know, we all want to do deep work, but he says, dissenting from the kingdom of noise is a prerequisite for doing quality and focused work. You know, what's the key to con uh, uh, 
of concentration. The secret to concentration is elimination. And I don't, I, I don't know each of you personally, but I promise I know you enough. Uh, how many of you have one of these? Just kind of, yeah, you have one of these? All right. You have too much in your life. And we need to learn to eliminate because that's the secret to listening. We're overwhelmed. We're overstimulated. And a lot of it happened. A lot of it ha started in 2007. You know what happened in 2007? This. It's when the iPhone was entered. Okay? Listen to this. Three things. Ha this is his article. Three things happened in 2007. First, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. Uh, into a future, into our future, uh, unheard of development. You know, that was just unheard of that we had that. The so second, Americans started a 10-year, 59% decrease in productivity compared to the previous decade. And third, listen to this, if you got family, if you got kids in your home, third, seemingly out of nowhere, anxiety and mental health is issues exploded around the globe, especially in teenagers. You know, knowledge is great, but too, too much and too much stimulation. You know, now, lack of noise, there's not much lack of noise. Back in my day, there was a lot of lack of noise. Today, it's called boredom. You know, we get bored. You don't think you, you're used to doing this. Every time you get bored, what do you do? Check your phone. Check your phone. I do it. I'm, I'm at home. I got a, There's a commercial. I'm here. I'm there. You know, I'm going somewhere. What can I listen on my way to see so-and-so? Let me pull this podcast up or this thing or, you know, or I'm texting going down the road or, you know, yeah, I know that's illegal. And uh, I, I tell you one thing I love to do, and my wife, she just, mm, this is probably not even Christian. But anyway... Uh, I love to pull up beside somebody that's uh, texting and uh, beat my horn, you know, and <laughs> scares them, you know. Uh, but I don't do that much, but I have done it. Nah, confession. Uh, don't tell Brother Steve that. He'd really be mad at me. But anyway, uh, so, you know, today there's just not much quiet in our life. We're just overstimulated. And some of you guys are just tired. You know, last October, I just got to a point where I was just, you know, I was just exhausted. I'd wake up tireder than when I went to bed. But I was just, rest was evading me. And a lot of it was information overflow. The world changed. We had, you had to think about everything. You had to think about every move you made. If you, in business, you, you, your whole rhythms changed. And it was difficult for all of us. And a lot of times it was information overload. So let's go to the next. When we are in this solitude moment, the greatest thing, and I think I gave you this quote last time, the greatest thing that we have to offer people is not our education. It's not our good ideas. It, it isn't even our gifts and our abilities. It is the fruit of the time we have spent with the Savior, the utterly unique, unparalleled thing, that happens to us 
when we are in his presence. So we're talking about silent solitude, learning to listen. I've been on this journey. I'm, I'm with you. I am learning to listen. I'm not a great listener. If you ask my wife, she would tell you, I just don't listen well. Okay? The next slide says this. Learning to listen, focus, and pay attention, and knowing what to pay attention to is a key discipline for godly men and women. You know, our ladies, they, 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 they can get in that box and stay pretty focused. <laughs> you know, in my mind, uh, I'm jumping all over the place, and my mind contin- continues to go one place and then the other, and before you know it, uh, you know, I'm distracted. But one that doesn't come easy, especially to those who struggle with this tyranny of the immediate, tyranny of the urgent. 20 years ago or 25 years ago, there was an article called Tyranny of the Urgent. I'm sure, Phil, at some point you probably saw that along the way, but and it talks about how we live. How many of you know that There's just some people that live their whole life like that. And we live in a world now that we're so overstimulated. You're just constantly in that mode. Or you're in this, uh, or you have major FOMO. I didn't even know what FOMO was, okay? That's just, maybe that's because I'm getting old. But, uh, and I asked them, one of my young guns, and they, every one of them knew. It's fear of missing out. So there's a FOMO going on in our world and this generation that they're fearful of missing out. You know, not all vibrations are good ones. And we have to learn to discern and cut out some of the things and eliminate. I just want to tell you, I want to encourage you, if you get nothing else, you probably need to eliminate some things that you're doing. And you're going to have to listen to God and get alone with him and start to practice this practice that I call, you know, uh, solitude. In some ways, next slide, in some ways, discipline of solitude and silence is effortless, but it's not doing nothing. It's not passive or interactive. It's merely just a different kind of activity and it's uncomfortable some of you are already uncomfortable it's pretty quiet in here tonight uh, it's just something we you know we we don't we don't handle well listen to this I, I mentioned this a minute ago the, the the word listen appears in the bible over 1500 times and most frequently voice complaint in the bible is that people don't listen Hearing is something that happens to us. Get this now. Listening, on the other hand, is something that we choose. How many of you have ever been in a conversation with your wife and she said, you're not listening? (laughs) I got one one brave soul through his hand (laughs) up. You know, over 55% of our listening skills are, are, are nonverbal. I mean, they're not, they're, they're um, you know, we show that with our 
posture and, and, and how we approach the situation, you know. And uh, so listening is a practice of focused attention. That's what she's saying. You're really not, a, you're not really not with me. You might be hearing me, but you're not listening. Hearing is an act of senses, but listening is an act of the will. And when she says that, what is she really saying? You really don't care. And you're really not focused. Listening ought to be the heart of our spirituality, like Larry said, our relationship, our mission as the body of Christ, our relationship to the culture. We are invited to approach everything with a goal of listening first. We are called to participate in this listening life. So, some of you have uh, been looking at my uh, pacifier here that I have on my neck. And thinking, man, what in the world is wrong with him? Has he lost his mind? You know, we went on a, uh, I went on this spiritual disciplines retreat, and there was uh, seven of us. And we had coaching. Some of this coaching came from there. And one day the, the leader, my mentor, came in, and he says, okay. And he had one of these for every one of us. So we all, he said, I want you to put that on. He says, I want you to wear it for the whole day. Well, on that day... We were going out to eat. We were going to the mountain to spend four days, a mountain that there's a lot of people around. Mount Magazine is where we were in Arkansas. And I was like, seriously? You think I'm really going to put that on and wear that? And we all went to lunch at Mount Magazine, and we all had that. So the waitress comes up. you got seven grown men, and we've all got a pacifier around her. Talk about uncomfortable. And, and, you know, I was like, man, this is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. But let me tell you what the pacifier represents. And this is what we have to battle. And he told, I've kept this. He told, he said, take that home just as a reminder to you of what I'm getting ready to teach you. And so I've kept it. And I had it in my office. Uh, I've kept it in my office just to remind me. And my wife saw it hanging on my uh, computer screen the other day she goes you have got to get that out of here she goes people are going to think you're crazy but let me tell you what the pacifier represents now hold on okay listen I want you to listen the pacifier is one way we choose to try to escape our emptiness loneliness boredom emotional pain lack of meaning, lack of connection with others, fear of shame that comes from failure. Remember I talked about the jumping monkeys, what all keeps jumping in your mind, and you know, and those are all there to distract you. They're all, you know, jumping monkeys, they just, just thoughts into your mind, and it takes great discipline to do that. But we all, what is your pacifier? What are the things? What calms and soothes you when you're hungry, tired, fearful, threatened, anxious? How do you anesthetize yourself and keep from feeling and dealing with pain, fear, and loss? In other words, what is it that you do to escape? I'm, I, yeah, listen, I, 
we all have hobbies. I, I have, I, I love to play golf. I love to hunt. I, I, you know, those are the two big things that I love to do, and they're outdoors. And in some senses, they are an escape. But, you know, anything, a hobby or whatever you choose to do, if I get a lot of anxiety or something going on, I, I can tell you when I get home, the first thing I want to do is go to that pantry, and I'm looking for chips. I'm a chipaholic, okay? Uh, I love chips. Uh, but I do that out of anxiety because I'm not willing to deal with some of the things going on. And so I'm a stress eater. So I don't know what it is that you do or try to escape or, you know, we have things that refuels. Uh, for me to go hunting or to go golfing, it, refuel, it restores my soul. I, I love to do that. But sometimes we use those things as pacifiers. And what I want to challenge you tonight is, is not, to, not to settle for the cheap things. I love that verse uh, in uh, Psalm 16 where it talks about uh, that he'll give you pleasures. Uh, well, let me read it. I'll, I'll, I know I'll mess it up. This is a great little verse. And I think about this when I think about settling. When I think about, you know, taking the cheap way out, you know, a, a cheap substitute. It's like pornography. You know, when is it the easiest to engage in pornography? Well, usually when you're tired or you're frustrated or you have unmet expectations or you've thought, you know, my wife's not taking care of me. Instead of dealing with the issue, what do we do? Well, you go to the cheap substitute. And that's what God talks about. We settle. We settle for second best. Psalm 1611 says this, Thou will make known to me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures forever. And see, it's, it's the sweetness of the relationship with the Lord that takes us into his presence. And here's what you got to do, guys. You got to practice being in his presence. Silence and solitude has the opportunity to take you in his presence. But you have to be disciplined your mind to stay focused and eliminate some things and put yourself in a position. You know, if I was up here coaching today and I and 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 somebody said, okay, Drew, shoot, you know, shoot. The first thing I would do would be what? I would get in position, just like this. Because if it's coming from this way, I'd catch it with this hand. This hand would be right behind the ball so I could go exactly. You know, position is a, is a very important thing. And you see these guys are in great shooting and great, you know, some of them are very talented, but you always see they eventually get in this position and follow through. So your position before the Lord, you got to get in position. You got to find a place of solitude and silence so that you can not only hear, but you listen. It's a choice. You, you, you make the choice to do that. You say, oh, well, you just don't know my schedule. I don't have an, uh, enough time. Look around the room. Everybody in the room has the same amount of time. 
You got the same amount of time as the President of the United States. Does he have a lot to do? Absolutely. So you got time. I heard uh, on something I was listening to the other day, uh, it was actually Kerry Newhoff's new book, and uh, it's called The Best Something. It's really good. But he said, I quit saying that I don't have time. I now say, I'm sorry, I didn't make time. I make time to hunt. I love to hunt. It's not the most important thing I do, but I promise you, I'm going to fix it as soon as this weather changes. I'm going to make some time to hunt, okay? You can make some time to spend with the Lord. Now, here's what we're going to do. This is the big risk, okay? This is where it gets a little bit, I'm like, oh, God. I told Derek, I said, man, I hope we just don't mess up because you guys at least come back next week, all right? But I'm just going to push you a little bit. You know, a good coach will kind of nudge you that way. And in a room with 125 men, it's hard to create an experience. And you know, and guys, you know, emotions, feeling, you know, we, that's a little, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't push me, especially in front of my peers and with a group of guys. So it's, it's not going to be that bad, but I figured I'd set it up bad so that, you know, get you sweating a little bit. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You know, uh, I gave you a handout, and you have that, which is kind of a picture of that journal. You know, I talked about this journal, and tonight's the last night. You can get them for $10, and then they're going to be 20 I think, or something in the bookstore. I think that's kind of what we paid for them. But I told you that's a tool. That's all that is is a tool. And so I've given you kind of a handout, and this is kind of what I use in my time to keep me disciplined and focused so that I am listening. And when God speaks to me, I promise you, I write some things down. And so here's what I want to do, because I don't want you real close. I, just, I want you to just, we're going to take a little bit of time. There's no pressure. You don't have, you don't have to do anything. You can get through this. I'm not going to put any kind of pressure on anybody. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some time to just listen. I'm going to give you some time to deal with this scripture here. And this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to ask you to spread out. You get in your place. We're going to do a little uh, breathing exercise that I learned. You know, breathing is very important. And then I'm going to play a song. And I'm not a music guy, I promise you. I, mean, I am a music guy. I love praise and worship music, but, you know, my, my dad always said, you know, that I could play in the band as long as I could carry the piano down the field. That's how anti-music he was, okay? Uh, but we're going to play a song, and I just want you to sit there and be silent. I want you to listen to the song. Words will be on the screen. I'd prefer you to just keep your eyes closed keep those jumping monkeys and nobody's going to think you're weird i'm not going to do anything weird and then i'm going to read the scripture and i just want you to listen and then i'm going to give you a little bit of time to look to read the scripture and i'm going to come back and i'm going to ask everybody just to close your eyes and just sit there and listen and i'm going to read the scripture again
So I want you to listen. I want you to practice tonight listening. How many of you know uh, that God speaks to us, right? If we listen. And oftentimes, he speaks in many ways. But he speaks through his word. And I want you to just get a little taste. I can't give you the experience that I have uh, on uh, these mornings. And, uh, but, and it doesn't happen every morning the same. But I tell you, once you've tasted a little bit of this, you'll desire solitude and silence. Because once he speaks to you, mm, it's powerful. All right? So here's what we're going to do. Grab your thing, spread out. We got about 20 minutes. You can just take your chair or you can sit right there at the table, whatever you feel comfortable. Take your chair and sit and just get you a little space there. All right, here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> Once you take a deep breath, like just inhale, hold it for a couple of seconds, and then exhale, okay? So let's just close your eyes, take in a deep breath, hold it, and exhale. Just... It's almost like inhaling for four seconds. Hold it for a couple and then make the exhale like eight seconds, as, as long as you can. All right, let's do it again. Hear that rain? Take another breath. Listen to the words of this song. They'll be on the screen. But just, just connect. Just listen. Lord, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts 
and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is anything, any, if, if there is any excellence and if anything worth of praise, think about these things. I want you to take your sheet and or look at the screen. And just read that to yourself. Just take a few minutes. Now I want you to just close your eyes. I want you just to listen again. And I want you to be aware. Where in this do you find a pause? Where in this scripture is God speaking to you? So just listen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving that your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ finally brethren Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Turn and look this way. That is a brief taste in probably not the best position or place. But you quieted your soul. You listened. I was reading this verse 
couple weeks ago. I got, I got to tell you, I got, just got to share. And we're going to go back to our tables. I just want you to share with your table what you heard. Maybe God spoke to you. Maybe he didn't. You know, we went on this spiritual disciplines retreat. The guy said it was for four hours on a mountain, just you sitting there. He said, you know, for some of you, you're going to sit there for two hours and nothing happened. I took 10 minutes and tried to make it happen, okay? <laughs> and you know what? It took a couple of hours for me to get there. But, man, when God started to speak, man, it was like the other morning I was reading the uh, last couple of weeks ago, I was reading these verses. And this is what God spoke to me that day. Because I said, it said, let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men. I was like, what is forbearing? I did not know that word. I was like, what is that? And I, I know that scripture. I'm very familiar. And uh, by definition, forbearance is refraining from enforcement of something such as debt. And, and then it says, if you look it up in the Hebrew translation, forbear, we also see meaning to be still. Perhaps forbearance reminds us to remain peaceful and still in spirit, even amidst our temptations and our trials. And I'm telling you, man, that was it. That was, that's what God gave me, that I need to have a forbearing spirit to be still and in peaceful and in the spirit. That is not my spirit. I'm a fighter. I'm a high D, whatever, and the Lord said, you need more of a forbearing spirit. That's how God spoke to me. So, that took some time, but I want you to go back to your table, talk about what we've talked about, your time, what you sense, how'd you feel, and you got 10 minutes, and then somebody pray, and then you'll be dismissed, Okay. Next week, we'll give you some resources if you want to grow in this area. But I'm going to turn it back over to the table leaders and just talk a little bit about what we experienced tonight.